my heart in prayer. And um, I don't always share, but I just felt like he wanted me to share this. So um, this week I was thinking, this year I really want to be strengthened in the Lord. That's like the kind of slogan for the year, strengthen yourself in the Lord. And um, I was looking online on YouTube um, at some sermons, and uh, one that was really gripping to me was about um, the Chinese um, house church fellowships. And there was a person on there, and they were sharing about how the different struggles that the churches in China face, even though they're growing really, really fast, um, and the Lord's doing amazing miracles, um, one of the main struggles, actually, is that they distrust each other. The leaders, especially, and the pastors and the evangelists, they have a bit of a distrust and suspicion, and that can lead to some slander and gossip and things like that. And um, the guy that was on the YouTube was interviewing this other guy who's quite famous. I don't know if you know him, but he's called The Heavenly Man. You may have read his book. Um, he's one of the leaders of the Chinese House Fellowship and has wrote, written a book and it's a lovely book. We've, re we've read it and I highly recommend it to you guys to read it. And uh, the interviewer was saying to him, you faced a lot of um, criticism and you've, um, there's two particular uh, Chinese evangelist pastor guys that have really um, said a lot of not very nice things about you and um, said that you're making up your stories and all sorts of things like that. And just, this is the thing that really just stuck with me. The guy just had such joy on his face. And he said, I respect those two guys. And when we get to before our father's throne, we're just going to give each other a big hug. And I was just like, that is just such a blessing that he had that attitude. And I was like, oh, I just was meditating on that all week. And I just thought, you know, how did he come to that place? And I was thinking of that verse um, in Ephesians 6, verse 12. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And I was thinking about that verse because, you know, when we have unpleasant things happen to us and people say things about us and do things and just having the perspective of Jesus on the situation... And saying, Lord, what do, you, what do you see? And what are you going to see in eternity? Despite what's happening now, how's it going to be in heaven? And I was just thinking to myself, I really want to have that in my heart. And wanting to encourage you guys with that this morning. Okay. I turned this one off and this one on. Okay. Really nice to be with you guys again. You're a really lovely church, and, uh, and we're happy to be back with you guys. And Yeah, well, I'm going to start with kind of the key verse from the story we're going to look at today. It's from Deuteronomy, which maybe isn't the book that's preached from the most commonly, but uh, these are the words of Moses from Deuteronomy 30, 15 to 16. You guys can, yeah, if you want to turn in your Bibles, you can actually. Actually, while you're turning to your Bibles, I'll tell you a kind of a funny story from that Moses always reminds me of. Uh, 
I met Amy in Israel. That's where we were. We were missionaries there for four or five years, a long time, like maybe 15, 20 years ago, we were there. And we got married, right? And she was then expecting our oldest son, Oakley, who's back there. He was born in Bethlehem. So she was um, pregnant. And we had to, when we were in Israel, we had to leave the country every three months usually. We had to go outside the country and then come back in to get a new visa. So we called it our visa run. You have to just go back, come back in. Even just if you're out for a day, they didn't care. But they wouldn't let you stay unless you did that. So we were going to fly to somewhere um, from the airport in Tel Aviv. And we got there. And poor Amy had such bad morning sickness. She just said, I can't fly. We were in the airport. And uh, she's like, I, I can't do it. We're going to have to figure something else out. And we went to the doctor and got the tickets reimbursed. And we said, it's okay. Uh, we have a plan B. We can drive all the way down Israel, like along the Dead Sea, and then Israel and Jordan touch um, at, the, at the Red Sea. And it's like about a six-hour drive, but it's through the desert. And I said, it's okay. Our visa's finished today, so we have to be out of the country today. But let's get in the car and just drive down to Jordan through the desert. So we hopped in our car and drove down through the desert. And, um, and it's one thing that's really cool about Israel is all the places in the Bible have like a, just like road signs, you know? So, you know, here like there's a road sign that says landmark out there. It'll say what Nazareth and Galilee and Jericho and every single place that you can think of in the Bible, they have like the signs for it. And we're driving through the desert and it's beautiful. There's these big, great big, rugged cliffs on one side, and then on the other side is the Dead Sea, which is just magical and looks like it's from a different planet. But it's very, very barren. There's just nothing there. For hours, it's just kind of desert. And, and she felt rough, and we were tired. It had been such the longest day ever. It was kind of getting towards twilight. And then way up ahead in the distance, we see something appearing, and it's like a building, and it's got lights and stuff. And we get closer, and you know what it was? In the middle of the wilderness of Zin, that was the area, the wilderness of Zin. That's where Moses and the Israelites wandered around for 40 years. And we get, and it's a McDonald's in the middle of the desert, a great big nice one. And we just had the most refreshing chicken nuggets and Cokes. And God just knows what you need, you know. And I'll always think of that weird McDonald's. It was, I don't know, it was like a mirage. Maybe it was a mirage, but... <laughs> So God just knows what you need. That's my, anyways, Moses, McDonald's, Moses, back to our sermon today. Now that you're in Deuteronomy 30. Okay, Deuteronomy 30, 15 to 16. It's kind of the key verses from our little paragraph. It says, now listen. This is Moses talking to Israel. Now listen. Today I'm giving you a choice between life and between death, between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you're about to enter and occupy. So let's, we're going to look more into that story, but I want to ask you guys, good morning. How has your new year gone so far? We're like seven days into it. I'm, I'm the, I'm, I always think new year, I... I think about it a lot and pray about it and you think what's going to happen and then the first week happens and maybe it's not quite like what I expected, you know, like sickness and whatever happens and 
How's it gone so far? It's like the first week of 52 weeks of 2024 is wrapping up. And today is a very important day uh, because it's the first Sunday of the year. And it's a day we can pause, we can come together, we can, we can sing to the Lord, we can ask the Lord to speak to us. And uh, yeah, God's gonna, God is giving us messages or he's gonna give us a message to each of us. He's the God who speaks and, and are we gonna hear what he's saying? Are we hearing it and are our hearts soft and ready? And, and it's really important how we start this year because usually how we start something really determines how we move along. And I want to know what kind of year this is going to be as far as God will tell us. Oh, thanks. That's great. I'm sure you'd like to know about the year as well. So I want to start with a foundation. When we think about this next year, let's start with this reminder that God is directing our lives. This reminder is from Psalms 37, you don't have to turn to it, you can just listen. It's Psalms 37, 23 to 25, and it says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. Once I was young, and now I'm old, yet I've never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. So praise God, no wonder we come here and worship and sing to him and seek after him. So that's a wonderful foundation. It's a promise to remind ourselves of God is directing our lives, every step. He's, you're the godly, and he's delighting in every detail, every detail of your life God's delighting in. And I think you can get that if you're a parent, because you delight in your kids in the details of their lives, and, and God delights in your details, and he's holding you by the hand, even right now, even if you're tired, or even if there's uncertainty in your life, God's holding you by the hand, and so here in that verse, we see the wonderful care of God for his people, and today we're going to look at one moment in particular in the relationship between God and his people whom he leads, the people that he's called to be his own. So, in our story today, our story comes from the epic story of Moses. I say epic because of just the grandness of the Exodus story. And I, I think it's, besides the story of Jesus in the New Testament, I think in the Bible, probably the story of Moses is the biggest or one of the biggest uh, chunks of Bible. So, today in our story, here stands Moses He's 120 years old, and he's about to die. He knows that. And he gathers his tribe, the people that follow the one true God, gets them all together, and he reminds them of their journey. It's the story, their journey is the story called the Exodus. It's found in the book called The Exodus. A wonderful story. It's a story and a journey that I'm sure you can relate to because it starts off with First, the Israelites being in slavery, and maybe you, I'm sure you haven't been in slavery, but maybe you know the feeling of oppression, or the feeling of bondage, or difficulty, and then it, the Exodus next goes to the uh, salvation of the Israelites, how they were set free with the ten plagues, and crossing the Red Sea, and 
I'm sure you've had the feeling of liberation and freedom, especially if you follow, if you've put your faith in Jesus, you know what it's like to be set free from slavery. Next it goes to the destruction of evil when the Red Sea closes down on the Egyptians. And I think that's something we're always longing to see. There's enough evil in the world and I think in our hearts we, we look forward to evil being dealt with and destroyed. Miraculous provision in the desert, which I spoke of a bit already. Yeah, like the Israelites for 40 years had the food they needed, their clothes didn't wear out. And Moses reminds them of these things. Man, I always need reminding to keep my faith strong of like what God did this last year. Because I'm, I tend to be a worrier. And when I remind myself of what God's done, I'm like, oh yeah, he's not gonna just quit. You know, there's, he's gonna keep taking care of us. So Moses reminds them of those things. He, gets, he walks them through their journey up to that day. And this particular day in Deuteronomy 30, is at the end of their wanderings in the desert, in the wilderness of Zin, but it's before they enter the land of Israel, the promised land, where they're gonna be going. And he stands before them, Moses, he reviews their journey, and he reviews what God commanded them. He doesn't just walk, tell about the path of God, he tells them about the way to walk in the path of God. And he challenges them to respond. He's at the end of his journey. He's giving them really his final words. I'll read you the full paragraph of kind of the pinnacle of his words. It's Deuteronomy 30, 11 to 18. Now, what I'm commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It's not up in heaven so that you have to ask, who will ascend to heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so we can obey it? Nor is it beyond the sea, so that you have to ask, who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so we can obey it? No, the word is very near you. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart, so you can obey it. See, today I set before you life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, and to keep his commands, decrees, and laws, then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away, and you're not obedient, and if you're drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess." It's a very significant moment when Moses says these things, and you believe that some moments in your life are significant. Um, what makes a moment significant is that in that moment, something big changes. Now, in a significant moment, something can change for the better. In a significant moment, something can suddenly change for the worse. Uh, it can, this can happen because of Things from the outside, your circumstances can change suddenly, and that's significant. Or you can have a significant moment because something in you changes, and that's significant. But because God is here with us, the Holy Spirit is here among us, and God's word is living, you're sitting now in the middle of a significant moment. 
And I, and I know that, yeah, God's here and your hearts are soft and open to what God will say to you. And he, God always wants to say something to you because you're significant, of course. And Christmas that just passed is the clearest, clearest demonstration of your significance to God. And, you know, the world can be pretty horrible and pretty messy, as you know. So what would motivate God to plunge himself down from heaven, become a man, and be here with us? Well, I was thinking of this example. Sometimes, you know, you're washing something and something or other falls down the sink, right? And you have to unscrew the, the screw in the sink and take it off, and then, you know, it's down in the that thing under the sink, and it's gross, right? Because all the gross stuff stays down there. And you, if you're going to reach into it and get it, it's got to be worth it, right? So if it's like a ring, yeah, whatever. You'll reach into anything to get that, you know. But not just for anything, but for a wedding ring, yeah, you'll do it, right? And that's what Jesus did. He plunged himself down into the mess of this world and into the mess of our own hearts, and um, yeah, that's, that's Christmas, and that's, that's because you're significant to him. He's a God of love. And Moses says these things to his tribe uh, in verse 11 and 12. He says, what I'm commanding you today is not too difficult or beyond your reach. It's not up in heaven so that you have to ask who will ascend to heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so we can obey it. And that's spot on. The way of God is now possible because Jesus came down from heaven, so we don't have to find a way to get up there. And that verse there, it's a, really a prophecy uh, one and a half thousand years before Christ that help's going to come not from us, but from, but from God. There's nobody else like Jesus. And I think you can't go wrong just taking time to think about how good he is and He's the only one in the world worth following. Who are you following? Is it, you know, who do you quote the most? Are they cool? Man, when I was young, I, I just listened to whoever was cool. I didn't think about who they were. But are they, maybe it's somebody powerful that we get influenced by. But you know, coolness, what's cool today will be most certainly not cool in like 10 years. And same with who's powerful today, will not be powerful in 10 years. They, those things come and go. It's, words are so easy to say. Lyrics are so easy to sing and come up with, you know. But you have to look at the one who says them. And nobody compares to Jesus. Um, do people have complaints about Christians? Oh, yeah, sure. I'm a Christian. I've got complaints about myself as a Christian, you know. Do people complain about churches? Oh, yeah, sure. But... Do people complain about Christianity? And yeah, sure, these are valid things. But what do you have to complain about with Jesus? Nothing. Either your heart is drawn to him because the Holy Spirit's at work in you, or it's not. And, uh, you know, there's nobody like Jesus, all God, all man. He always had the power to kill, but he healed instead. He always lived what he taught. God knows that's rare. He's no fool. He could see into everybody's hearts. He was full of mercy. He didn't turn away people 
didn't turn away a sick person. He didn't turn away a child or woman or outcast. Always inviting, always giving of himself, even giving his life to pay for ours, and giving the Holy Spirit to be with us. So, like that song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And if you've asked off, if you've put off calling on him, tell him now. It's a great way to start the new year is with a new birth. So we get to the choice. 15 and 16 say, See, I've set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction, for I command you today to love the Lord your God and walk in obedience to him and keep his commands, decrees and laws. Then you'll live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you're entering to possess. So follow God and hold on to him, and it will go well. Leave God and you will die. And Moses' words are just as true today as they were then. And they're true when we think of eternity and they're true when we think of this next year. And what's amazing is, you know, when I say life and prosperity and it will go well, like, you know, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that nothing bad's gonna happen, but it does mean that when the difficulties, there's sure a difference between a difficulty happening and, and God's allowing that, he's with you in it, he's using it to do something in you, that's the kind of, that's like a good difficulty and, and God allows that. And that's, that's actually life and prosperity. A good difficulty given by God is actually part of life, prosperity, and blessing. And boy, that's different than going through hard times without the Lord. I only became a believer when I was in my early 21, so I know what it's like to go through a hard, hard times without any hope of God, and it's, the, it's awful. So, so that's Moses' words. They're true today, just like they were back then. And I would be a bad minister if I didn't look also at 17 and 18, because that's the warning, and uh, we want what's real and true even when it's sobering. So I'll say the warning here. If your hearts turn away and are not obedient... If you're drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you're crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. Now that would be very bad news if it weren't for the Holy Spirit. It would be like a death sentence, right? If it wasn't for the Holy Spirit. And, and I could just may as well say any impossible thing. Just try, try to fly to the moon if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit. But the God of the Bible, who is directing your steps, right? The God who's delighting in each detail of your life, who's holding you right now in his hand, he's, uh, he's an amazing God. Like, like we sang, one God and three persons, the wise, loving Father, the humble Son, who's the Savior, and the Holy Spirit with us since Pentecost. And uh, he comes with fruits and he comes with gifts and now it's like Christmas. It's just been Christmas gathering season. And for some of you, it's still, you have got gatherings. And there's lots of food and lots of gifts. And I was thinking, maybe the Holy Spirit is kind of like someone who busts into your gathering. And he has a big tray. And he has a big bag. And on the tray is beautiful fruits. There's blueberries and uh, strawberries and those Christmas oranges. All the stuff that's life-giving, Right? And that's like the fruits of the Spirit, the love and the joy and the peace and the gentleness. And, and then the Holy Spirit has a bag, and you know in that bag is gifts. 
and they're the best gifts. And the most wonderful gifts, it's the supernatural gifts, it's the prophecies, uh, the prayer language and speaking in tongues and knowing things you couldn't know and things that are really special and the things that our hearts are hungry for. That's why we're drawn to the supernatural. So these gifts are the supernatural gifts and the, for lack of a better word, magical things uh, that we find in our faith. And he gives us all these gifts. And in fact, all the good things that happen in our spirits and our lives with God happen because of the Holy Spirit. And it's all done in these little steps, like step by step by step. Like today, it's, just a, it's a step where God says, follow me in a new way this year and I'll bless you. And because of the Holy Spirit in us, we can say and we can feel in our hearts, yeah, yeah, Lord, I want to follow you in a new level this year, right? What does your heart say? Does, you, does your heart say, yeah, Lord, I want to love you? That's the work of the Spirit. That's not just your own you know, power and, and goodness. That's the answer to God's promise in Ezekiel 36, where God gives this prophecy to his people, I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to give you a new spirit. I'll take out that heart of stone from you, and I'll give you a heart of flesh. There's always more stones in our heart to like let the Lord take out, and there's always new softness to let him put in. So, when I think of responding to our passage today, I kind of, kind of think of two things. One way is that we can respond to this warning and we can fear it and we can let God work with us to get these stones out of our hearts and lives. When we lived in Israel, the, we, there was a house we lived in where there was a big field and um, they were plowing it. They were getting it ready to, to plant I think olive trees or something. And there was just this boy, and it was his job to clear the stones. They didn't have track. It was all done by hand. It wasn't tractors or anything. So I saw him every day going and just with a shovel and stuff looking for the stones. And he would just take out the stones and dump them on a pile and take out the stones and dump them on a pile. And that's what's, what we're doing with, with the Holy Spirit is we're always doing that in our hearts. The book of Hebrews 12, 1 says... Let's throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that easily entangles us. So let's, can we close our eyes, guys? Just close your eyes, everybody. I just want to come before the Lord in your heart. And God, just show us anything now or the rest of the day, rest of the year, anything we can throw off, anything hindering us, anything entangling us. We don't want to bring it into the new year. And keep your eyes closed. Jesus also says, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out, throw it away. What needs, does anything God need tossing, smashing, whatever, leaving behind? Lord, show us. It, no, any, nobody's a fool to get rid of what they can't keep so they can gain what they can't lose. So yeah, amen, Lord. That's one response. If anything comes to your mind, you obey that as quick as you can. And there's another response today because of the Holy Spirit in us we're able to hear the words, love the Lord your God and walk in obedience. We're able to hear it and say, yeah, I want to do that. I want to love you. I want to obey you this year, God. And then by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can ask him, Lord, help us to do that. And this is where we who follow Jesus on this side 
of, of Jesus. We have a massive advantage. The people of Israel with Moses, you, you know the rest of their history is pretty rough. They're kind of very up and down with following the Lord. They did overall pretty bad. We have a huge advantage, though, because when God asks us something, because his spirit is with us, we have the new heart, we have the new spirit. When he asks us things, it's not just possible, it's certain because the Holy Spirit's in us. We will, you will love the Lord your God more this year. You will obey the Lord your God more this year and live in a new level of obedience and, and holiness. You will have the desire to follow him. And we'll ask him to increase it, this desire. And it says in John 1, we have the confidence in, in approaching God. If we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. So, I want to conclude this time, if you agree, by asking God to do this good work in us this year. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I've got a prayer here. It's kind of like line by line, and I'm going to read it for you so you can hear it first. I don't want to say stand and repeat this thing if you don't even know what I'm going to say. So I'm going to read it, and then if you say in your spirit, yeah, I agree with that. I want to repeat that. We can read it to get, we can pray it together. So this is what I just listen if, if this resonates in your spirit. Wonderful Father, I thank you that you direct my steps, that you delight in me, that you hold me in your hand. Holy Spirit, we call on you together today to fill us with new power, to love you, to obey you in new ways this year. We receive the blessings that you've promised to us and made available through our King and Savior, Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. So if you, if you say in your heart, yeah, yeah, I'm on board with that. I want that. Stand, guys, and I'm just going to read that line by line, and you just repeat it after me. Wonderful Father God, I thank you that you direct my steps, that you delight in me, that you hold me in your hand. Holy Spirit, we call on you together today to fill us with new power. Power to love you. Power to obey you in new ways this year. We receive the blessings that you promised to us and made available through our King and Savior, Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. Thank you guys, you can have a seat. And uh, is there a closing song and that kind of thing?